change. It's just about shifting your perspective, mm-hmm. right? About, okay, if I want to eat chips, I can eat chips. Mm-hmm. However, I know though that if I eat this portion, then I have to balance out during my day. I look at it now again, is not looking at it from a mindset of scarcity, but more of abundance in terms of what mm-hmm. you're giving your body and what is going to give you back, especially when you're dealing with chronic illnesses. That's even more tangible because then you see the improvement, you see how you feel and you see how helping your body become the best version of itself will help you in the long run, not only for you, but also your family. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Julie. I'm so excited to sit down with you and chat today. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny. So you have been a long time client of mine, a strong girl for a few years. And I remember you joining, um, you know, joining my coaching program right after you had your second child. And I have to say, it's been a true blessing to witness a woman who has stepped up and taken care of herself, especially since it was such a huge change for you at the time. And, you know, I, you know this already, but I'm a, I'm a huge believer in once you start to take better care of yourself and your health, that that trickles down into everything that we do, into motherhood, into our marriage, into business, and you just become more clear on everything. And I know that you've said this to me before because I think your physical transformation impacted the success of the businesses that you that you opened up during this time, right? Like it was just you had it was just all the good things that like you became so clear and I want to really dig deep today because I feel like a lot of women that start to take care of themselves even though that it's a change, you know, they they might have to even kind of let go to let go of some relationships that they've had in the past and that sort of thing, but they become so much more clear on what they truly want in life. And I want to go back and like, just get into your brain of how that actually happened. (laughs) So when you contacted me first, what was going through your head? Like, why did you reach out to me in the first place? Yeah, it feels like almost a lifetime ago, right? It's like Mm. two different versions of myself and of just my, uh, as I like to call it, my my ecosystem, right? Mm. Um, When I gave birth to my second child, um, where for both my, sec- my both my pregnancies, I had gestational diabetes, uh, which was honestly a shocker to me because I didn't even think that I could get diabetes. Um, and it was just a lot of blaming, guilting, but um, I responded really well to exercise. 
Uh, and it was something about, about it that even though I had to get insulin for my fasting, um, my fasting glucose, exercising was my gateway through my pregnancy uh, up till the day before I gave birth to both of my children. I was walking up, up and down the stairs on my, of my, uh, uh, how many, how many levels are we? Yeah. Nine flight of stairs, oh, okay. uh, building. Right. Um, and, but with my second, I had hypertension on top of gestational di- diabetes. And after I gave birth, hypertension stayed. And it was a little bit of a wake up call for me. Uh, just because of uh, health history for my mom, for my dad, and just my both, both sides of my family. So I was like, okay, I need to do something. I really don't want to stay on meds forever. I want to honor the body that was able to carry both of my children to term. And uh, this is how I just started just being open, right? Mm-hmm. And I and as soon as I started thinking about it more, one of your client, Irene, Irene Vargas, uh, I've known her through previous interaction with her. We had the same coach before and she kept talking about Team Strong Girl, Team Strong Girl. So I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, let me let me dig into that. And then I just sent you a, a form and then you reached back to me and I was like, oh my God, okay, I want to do this. Uh, and this is, this is how I really got in touch with you in the first place. I just love working with you because it was, it was a big change. You live in Montreal and you are surrounded by like the best food. Vince and I, Vince and I came and, and uh, made you guys a visit last year. And we're like, Oh my God, the food here is just incredible. And you have a love for eating out and dining in restaurants and, you know, just food in general. It's, it's a, it's part of your culture too. Right. So Mm -hmm. how was that change? Like just you know, learning how to eat, prioritizing protein, eating a lot more vegetables, um, really being mindful of, you know, what you're consuming uh, calorie wise. How was that change for you? Oh, it was so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, be honest, be honest. uh, It was so hard, so, so hard. And what I, I think what was, what was motivating for me is that in the very first couple of weeks when we worked together, I had my mindset, right? I was like, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. I want to do this for my kids. Let me just dig really deep into it. And I think coming out of pregnancy with gestational diabetes, where I couldn't eat everything that Mm -hmm. I could already, um, after I gave birth, of course, splurged on the things that I could not have. Um, so I think I was, I was ready. So we also started right after the holidays. So it was not in a time when I felt like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm going to have, uh, all the foie gras for <laughs> Christmas and the champagne. And then my birthday, because I have a deep love as you know, for chocolate, but chocolate cakes, cupcakes, Nutella, all that kind of stuff. I just like, it's just a love relationship. And I think having a plan and you explaining it really well and breaking it down into very simple parts really helped me. Um, so when we, when, when everybody starts uh, with the strong girls, you know, we have the two weeks where it's like, okay, really try to stick to it. Mm-hmm. And just doing that um, just showed me, okay, well, I'm eating way more than I think I do. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Drinking more water is actually making me feel better. And, and then after you see all the weight that get lost, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the first couple of weeks, and it was very motivating for me, but I think what was the, the more encouraging part was, well, one, 
uh, the fact that when you get the hang of it, you can really substitute food and you understand that nothing is out of reach, really. It's just a matter of portion and it's a matter mm-hmm. of timing as well. And just knowing your body, when to eat certain foods, how mm-hmm. to eat it. And of course, the fantastic community of Team Strong Girls with um, with all the little recipes and the little, little hats, right? Oh, you want donuts? Well, try that. Or you want like, buffalo chicken dip oh well try that and, you know there's so many hacks that we can that's have my favorite dip by the way the buffalo chicken dip with yes. the greek yogurt it's so good and it's right like you don't even feel with protein. Mm-hmm. you don't feel like it's healthy really yeah. it's just like yeah. this fantastic food that you could eat at a pub or at a bar and all of this combined really just change it's just about shifting your perspective mm-hmm. right about okay if i want to eat chips i can eat chips mm-hmm. however i know though that if I eat this portion, then I have to balance out during my day. I look at it now again, is not looking at it from a mindset of scarcity, but more of abundance in terms of what mm. you're giving your body and what is going to give you back, especially when you're dealing with chronic illnesses. That's even more tangible because then you see the improvement, you see how you feel, and you see how helping your body become the best version of itself will help you in the long run not only for you, but also your family. I love that. And I see that you're wearing your correct and continue tank top today. <laughs> yes. Aspire. Oh, aspire to inspire. inspire. You've inspired to inspire. Okay. Yeah. You have that one. Okay. So we have, we have two tank tops, correct and continue, aspire to inspire. And um, one of the things that we did together was getting, getting you to a photo shoot, you know, with, with training, with nutrition and really documenting your journey because you had, you know, you had extreme success physically, you know, you lost a lot of, a lot of weight. And I mean, the scale isn't everything, but it is motivating, right. To feel better in your clothes, to feel, you know, stronger in your body. Um, and then we got you to that shoot with Paula Sara. How was that day for you? Uh, um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just repeating what everybody's saying, but the hashtag get yourself a ball is absolutely true. <laughs> I mean. I don't think that you fully experience life if you haven't had a photo shoot with Paul and Monica. Mm. And they are just masterminds, visionaries of their craft. And they, especially Paul, right? Like he has a way of making you feel so comfortable in front of the camera that you don't, it's not that you don't feel like yourself, that's not bad, but you just discover a new side of yourself and how you could be. And, and, and you, Jenny, talked about it a couple of times uh, on, your, on your IG, on your Instagram, how, you know, you can be a mom and be sexy. Mm-hmm. You can be bold and a business owner mm-hmm. and a family person and a good friend. And you can be all of those things. And I find that Paul, with the way that he makes you feel at ease and, um, and also the, the preparation up to that day, right? It just helps you mentally to just show up and just have fun. And I think for me, that was the main, the main point. It was just this culmination of all these efforts and all those correct and continue moments, those fine tuning and seeing how my body just got so strong and so fit. And I had so much muscle. And even though like my journey was not perfect, that I don't think anybody's perfect at all, but it was my journey. And the pictures that I got from that were, were so amazing. I love to look at them. It's always a good reminder for me 
of like, hey, you can you can be that version of yourself. Look, look at this. Like, is it you? Right. And the fact that he can make you feel and look like a fitness uh, fitness model during the day uh, was just like mind blowingly amazing and just reinforce the confidence that, you know, you can take charge of mm-hmm. your own journey. You can take charge of your own vision afterwards, after um, and just keep going. And then after, of course, you want to book another shoot right after. Yes. But then <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit like, it's, I, I find that like making photo shoots with, having photo shoots with Paul is a bit like having tattoos. Like when you start, mm. you just cannot stop. You can't stop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like the same thing. So yeah, shout out to Paul and Monica. Shout out. I'm actually seeing them tomorrow. I'm, I'm turning 40 August 15th. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a celebration shoot just for myself. Right. Women don't celebrate themselves enough. Exactly. And I loved being at your shoot. You were just, you were shining bright girl. Like it was, it was such a beautiful thing because I know, I know how much you achieved with not only the physical, but you became so clear when you started taking better care of yourself. You know, you were a mom of, of two little ones, you know, two and like uh, two and four, two and four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, two and four now, but when you came to me, it was like a baby and and two, right? So (laughs) that's a lot on its own. And then you decided to open up, like start a business during this time. Right. Can we talk about that? Like what? So take us in your mind there. Like you started to feel better physically and did it, that just help you become more clear on your business goals and what you really wanted out of life? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, when you think about it, if someone would have told me that I'd be like, that person is, is like crazy, uh, literally crazy. Um, but I think it just, it was just something that was waiting to come out of me. Um, and my loved ones were like, oh, we didn't think you were an entrepreneur. And I didn't mm. believe I was one, to be honest with you. I was always a very good employee. I, you know, I performed really well, um, really motivated, did like, did great studies, did graduate studies and all. And, and then um, when the pandemic happened, uh, my, my son was a couple of months old and I had plans, right? Professional plans. So I was going to work with a friend. And that kind of fell through because of the pandemic. So then I was like, oh, well, I'm on night leave. Let me still stay on night leave. And, and then about four or six months into it, my mind just started like buzzing, like literally buzzing. I was like, okay, I need to do something. And before leaving my previous job, I had started to really look into diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's what I was doing mostly with my, with my previous job. And I wanted to dive back into it. And I just started thinking, I'm like, oh, maybe I could. And then I had also that little voice like, ah, oh, maybe not. But at the same time, I was focusing so much on creating healthy habits and putting out good energy. And I mean, it's no joke. Doing physical exercise is the best antidepressant mood booster, anything, mm-hmm. everything, right? So I feel like the fact that I was working out consistently and I had my routine that changed obviously because children, children, uh, <laughs> I cannot stick to one schedule, right? <laughs> but the fact that I was actually purposely putting out the time, carving out the time and pushing myself just made me feel a little bit invincible <laughs> uh, to a point where I felt super powerful. 
uh, powerful, not in the sense that I felt like I could do anything and uh, like obnoxious kind of powerful, but more powerful in believing in myself and in my abilities. And this just allowed me to really just take a leap of faith, right? Having this solid foundation for my health and knowing what I was and seeing really what I was capable of doing allowed me then to express a little bit to the universe, to people around me, what I wanted to do. And this in turn turned into, hey, you want to do this for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, just starting to be more vocal about it. And then word of mouth just started happening. And I had no choice actually, but to create my business. I always say that I created my business because I had to. Uh, the first contract I had, I didn't even have like an official email. Uh, I didn't have a name. So it was, it was, I was just scrambling around, but I honestly don't think that if I was not doing this journey to become the best version of me physically and mentally, I would not have been able to launch my business with my two little ones. Cause when I launched my business, my son was not even a year old. Um, mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. about uh, 18, 18 months old. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It was trying times, but uh, very reward, rewarding times as well. And what is your business? Like explain to us what you do, because you have two. And I'm yeah. loving the Jedi kid one, <laughs> but do explain both of them because it's all about inclusion, right? Yeah. And and I feel like we, I personally, I think everybody need, just needs so much more education in this topic. So what is your business about? Mm -hmm. And then I have probably like a million questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so my business is uh, is called Bindya Savaria Consulting. And uh, what I do is that I help individuals and organizations of all industries, really all sorts, to develop uh, and or fine-tune more inclusive and equitable practices. Mm -hmm. um, and I do that through uh, training uh, programs, whether it's, uh, it's over a year, six months, or two, three months. I do that also through strategic uh, design, so consulting really. And I also do it through coaching because, of course, when you become a stronger, you want to do everything. So I decided <laughs> to be a certified coach. So, so that's what I do. And I coach specifically around these issues, uh, around uh, the Jedi topic. So you mentioned Jedi kids. So I always say that I'm a Jedi designer. Um, and the Jedi stands for justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So I'm like a little uh, a little warrior with my lightsaber fighting inequities in the world. <laughs> I love that so much. And yeah. that is so, I love that. I, I love that. I could just like envision a little cartoon character of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And and that that in turn, uh, actually Jedi Kids is the second, uh, is my second business, my, my second organization. And that Jedi Kid was created around the same time, actually, because in 2020, um, as we remember, uh, there were a lot of shooting of unarmed Black men and Black women and Black children in the, U in the U.S. and in Canada, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends, parents who wanted to better educate their children, to diversify their bookshelf. And so I had a list of books that I had in my notes in my computer and I would just copy paste it. And at some point I was like, you know what, let me just create an IG, uh, mm. an IG page, a Facebook page that then later got created into a website. Um, and I decided to call it Jedi Kids. 
So Jedi Kid is a, a platform to help anyone really just help to raise the next generation of inclusive and conscious children. So Jedi Kids. So this is where, where it's at. Um, this is really my, my passion, uh, passion project. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It drives my husband crazy because, <laughs> I mean, I have children's books everywhere and that I have to review. And uh, so that's what I do really on my Instagram page is that I review books I, and, and, I, and I just uh, suggest the ones that I love. I talk about it on podcasts. I write some articles sometimes as well. And I've also done a pilot course uh, to see to see where where was that. Um, and some of strong girls uh, were able to attend. And I'm actually that's a, uh, that's actually an exclusivity. But I'm working on designing an actual course over several months oh, that's going to be launched uh, probably by the end of the year. Uh, so that's going to be available as well. So. Being just a very consulting is really everything individual, organization-wise, so business. Um, and Jedi Kid really pertains to uh, helping uh, raising children or children themselves. You are an amazing woman. <laughs> and kudos oh. for you to do all of this during you know, the, the past few years that were crazy at home, as we all know, with two little kids is oh my gosh, like hats off to you. And I'm just so proud of you. And we've had many talks before, um, but I would love to get your input input on this. I still feel like we have a big ways to go, like a huge way, huge, huge ways to go in representation of different ethnicities, specifically black women in the fitness space. Can you speak on this? Yes. Yes, of course. And, and you know, there's a lot of education that needs mm-hmm. to be made in some way, um, but it's also a matter of making the the information out there um, available in a way that people don't feel scared or mm-hmm. threatened to have access to that education as well. Because honestly, if you want to educate yourself right now in 2022, there are so many resources that you can that you can look at in terms of equity, diversity, inclusion, etc. And even justice, right? Um, but the problem is that we are so used to just consume knowledge that we don't think about the application of it. So we're, we're almost becoming like knowledge hoarders, right? Mm-hmm. So we're consuming, consuming through like, you know, uh, books, articles, uh, movies, documentaries, podcasts, etc. But, you know, you can, get, you can feel very excited about it, but if you don't practice it, then it's going to get forgotten a little bit like, um, you know, trigonometry in high school. Um, I remember I used to love math. I specialized in math. However, if you give me a trick problem right now, I won't be able to solve it because I didn't practice it. It's the same thing with the knowledge around inclusion, right? So if you take one, one step backward, when we think diversity and inclusion, we think diversity, okay, it's something that we need to have. Like, no, diversity should be a fact. This should be just numbers. But before diversity, I would put inclusion because mm-hmm. inclusion is a behavior. It, it, it's, um, it, it's a way of, of being. It's a way of doing things to making sure that everybody around you feels like they can thrive, that they can get, be respected. They can be treated with dignity and they can be themselves or at least bring most part of themselves in, in the sphere where you are at. And when you take industries that have had 
a very clear standard of what beauty should like, of what strong should look like, uh, of what desirable should look like, then it gets really hard for other body types and skin color and even, I would say even mentalities to then come into that space. So I think that the fitness industry is doing a lot of work uh, mm-hmm. It's still like it's, it still has a lot of work to do, but it's still mm-hmm. doing some work in some way. And I think, uh, or like you know, magazines or platforms like Strong, for example, is a great example. And we talked about it before. Um, but there's a real conscious effort to look at okay, here's the population, here's our target. It's not just going to be white women, for example. It's just going to. It's not just going to be. Uh, white women around their 20s, um, you know, with a very specific body type. And that's actually not what you're doing in your magazine. You're, 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 you're displaying, you know, different type of bodies, different skin color, and just have to look at the last issue, right? Uh, I was so happy when I said, yeah, oh my God, Destiny, Nicole. Woman. Yep. Yeah. And we have right? another amazing Black woman coming up soon, Yay. too. Hey, I'm going to interrupt the show because I have to share one of my most favorite pieces of home equipment slash travel equipment. And if you love to work out as much as I do, then you're going to want to check out Max Pro Fitness. This is so awesome. If you're following me on IG, coach underscore JVB, you will see some of the videos I posted with the MaxFit Pro. It's a full cable system that folds up into a backpack and you can legit bring it anywhere or pull it out like it's so easily stored and for all my fellow strong women out there there are 50 resistance settings from five pounds all the way up to 300 pounds at the turn of a dial and the entire system only weighs 10 pounds I love it so much that I have partnered with them to offer you guys a hundred dollars off your purchase so I'm going to include the link in the show notes. Be sure to check it out and you're going to save $100 off the full cable system that folds up into a backpack. Oh my God, guys, you are going to love it. I hope you take me up on this opportunity because you are not going to be disappointed. I've loved our chats together and we've had a lot of internal chats in Strong and we've always said, and I don't know if this is right, because I also feel like as a white woman, you're constantly questioning how to if it is okay or, or how to express. Right. So we always, like, I've always said, like, if like when we're specifically talking about strong, we are all equal in the gym. Like if we're all like going there and lifting and, and, and and we have that commonality, like it doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. ethnicity or background you are if we have that in common like we're we're all together and and that's why we don't really um we want to show everybody we want to be inclusive with everybody that has that in common right because that's mm-hmm. what that's what our mag is all about is you know lifting and getting physically strong so you could be strong in all areas of your life mm-hmm. yeah no definitely and and you know and, and you said something really interesting right it was when you when you said that you know you wanted to show all these women lifting and being strong and and that's and that's exactly it right like taking the word strong but mm-hmm. showing the different facets of yes. what strong can look like 
the same way that um uh you know when you when people were saying you know being skinny is is what's desirable or uh when crossfit was extremely popular which still is but you know very popular was that body type was getting more and more accepted even though back then it was like oh that's the masculine we don't want that right Mm -hmm. and i feel like now we're, we're coming to to middle ground um but even further than that when we talk about spaces being equal mm-hmm. we have to be careful around how we think about it because usually when when people want equality for everybody you yeah. know it's like oh but i can see the humanity in everyone and that's fantastic and that's what we should all aspire to yes. right but we also have to take into account the current society in which we live and the way different people will navigate society differently right yeah. and when we take that into account then we can understand how some women or or I should say people that who identify as women can not have access to the same spaces as you or I do, right? Um, and then this is another side of strong as well that I think you're displaying really beautifully, right? So once again, thinking about yes, we want everybody to, to be equal, you may have, I I did, and you may have also, and I know you did, uh, endured hardships because of the fact that you, um, you know, you're a woman, um, you have some big ideals in the world around where you want your brand to go, for example, right? Yeah. But that does not discount um, the fact that other women have a more difficult or are yes. more oppressed does not discount your experience. It's just a matter of being aware of it so that we can all help each other out and saying, I see you for who you are. Now let's try to create a space where everybody can be themselves and Mm -hmm. where we don't have to compromise because sometimes people think of inclusion as a compromise Mm. and that's not that. Like more think of inclusion as a verb, right? As a behavior. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to kind of interpret how I'm, how, what you just said. And I think like when we say, like for me, when I say I want everyone to, I view everyone as equal, but that's kind of, you you also have to acknowledge that people are not going to have equal experiences. Exactly. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And sometimes I get really excited when I talk about these topics. Uh, so I get into all of Yeah, no, no, spaces. no. Like I'm excited too because <laughs> I'm learning, you know? And I think that's another thing we have to be, open mm-hmm. and learn and like yeah like as a white woman I, I see everybody as equal but that's kind of like it's it, it's a statement but it, it's it's not true like I, I I need to really focus on not everybody is having equal experiences right so it's kind of like a naive statement that I'm saying but uh, we really have to open up our 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 hearts and our mind to like, yeah, like some women are not having equal experiences as as we think, you know. Yeah, and and you know, it's I'm just gonna give a term. So maybe maybe mm. some people know that term, but it's the the term that's called um, intersectionality, right? Mm. So it's the fact that when you like you are you, uh, but you have different dimensions of your identity, right? And some dimensions will give you more advantages in society and mm-hmm. other dimensions will give you less advantages, disadvantages, 
So when you add different dimensions that have more and more disadvantage, then that person will experience more uh, more oppression, um, more exclusion, uh, discrimination, uh, even racism in some cases. So it's just being aware that, okay, uh, like a quick example, I am a woman who is of mixed heritage. My can appear white in some context. I can appear like for wherever you want me to come from in some, in others. Um, I am uh, cisgendered, heterosexual, married, uh, graduate education. Okay. So if you take a woman who is a black woman, who would be a bisexual, hmm. um, who may have a disability, let's say mental, then yeah. that person will face more discrimination yes. than me, right? But yeah. we are, but we may be very, we may look very similarly in some contexts, right? But it's just about just looking at it from this perspective. And I think that mm-hmm. if people make a more conscious effort of doing that, mm-hmm. they're not going to feel as triggered or uh, feel like they they were not looking at them for who they are. It's just a matter of, hey, you know, for some industries uh, were created with a certain objective in mind, a certain goal in mind. And now it's uh, it's up to us to really change that standard and to change a paradigm for it to reflect society and also the next generation. I mean, the next generation is is the bomb. Like they say what they want. They have a very clear understanding of, of how fluid the identity can be. Um, And I don't think industries are prepared for that. And the fitness industry is even going to be more subjected to it because because it is visible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It is not Mm -hmm. something that is quantifiable through soft skills or yes, there are soft skills, but it is the the physical appearance is even more prominent. So the industry, the fitness industry has everything to gain to shift, to start shifting uh, slowly, but surely, not too quickly, but slowly, but surely with more visionaries and more trendsetters, uh, trailblazers, I should say, like, like Strong, for example, to just help it guide uh, towards the, the next, uh, the next version of itself, really. This is awesome. I feel like we could talk about this all day. <laughs> sure. Really? Uh, I mean, honestly, yes. <laughs> and you coach, you coach companies and you do you also coach one-on-one as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I coach uh, actual I coach executives, I coach managers okay. on how they can create and foster more inclusive environment for their employees um, and individuals as well. For people who just want to, um, you know, just become more uh, more aware of what's going on around them and how they can use um, their own privilege, for example. And privilege, by the way, doesn't have to be just for skin color. A privilege can be, do you have a, do you own a house? Do you mm-hmm. have a roof over your head? Simple as that. Or are you able-bodied or are you living with a disability? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a lot, what is your econo- socioeconomical mobility as well? Mm-hmm. That, all of that is privilege, but it's about coaching people on how can you identify also what kind of privilege you have and how you can use them to then create a more um, a more inclusive environment around you, or just to learn more, or some people may have experienced uh, 
you know, traumatic experiences in terms of racist experiences. And then we need to work through that. Uh, so that's why I, I, uh, I decided to get certified in really the coaching experience in integral development coaching, uh, just so that it takes into account the whole body. Uh, but also the emotional state, the mental state, so that it's a more holistic uh, approach. And I transfer that to Jedi kids as well. <laughs> I love that. And and even like where you where you are in your company, like if you are an owner, like using that status for more awareness, right? Like yeah. Even 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 online now with with um, social accounts and people that are more, you know, have more following. I mean those people who talk about it are going to create more awareness around. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and, and the only thing that I would say for people to be aware is that now it became so trendy mm-hmm. that uh, there's a lot of people that reinvent themselves as diversity and equity, like in inclusion consultant, quote unquote. Oh, really? um, okay. but they don't have any lived experience. Uh, they, they, they never, they never studied it. They, they don't know. Right. But because it's something that's accessible, then it will go and jump on it. So you have a lot of people that talk about it, but they don't really know what they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't say that I know everything, uh, and I don't, and I believe that if someone tells you they're a diversity and inclusion consultant and that it can solve all your problems, they're lying because it's a cool creation work. That's why I always partner with people because mm-hmm. I have my own lived experience as being a person who is um, who is mixed or biracial, depending on how people want to call uh, call it, um, I have my own experience. I lived abroad. I know what it's like to live in countries where the majority of people are black, for example, and in countries where the majority of people are white. Um, but I don't have the, for example, the indigenous experience. I don't have. Um, the people living with disability experience. I don't have um, uh, people that are a part of the L- the 2S LGBTQIA plus community experience. So I'm constantly learning because it is evolving, and I'm not a, I'm not saying that I know everything, but I know that I can help people, and I know that with when I collaborate with others, then we can bring a more complete. Um, a more complete plan, I should say, to help people just start to at least get started. Um, because honestly, Jenny, at the end of the day, the whole concept of Jedi, yes, it's it's, it's trendy and it's cute. People like it. <laughs> um, the what the reason why I chose Jedi person, not EDI or other acronyms, is because for me, after inclusion, then you have equity, and equity is about giving people what they need to reach the same outcome, no matter where they started, okay? Mm -hmm. And then justice is when you erase all the barriers, right? Mm -hmm. And it's where you don't even need, you don't need me, right? You don't need people to help you make a more inclusive environment. when true equality at that point. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, But the thing with justice is that it takes a very long time, a very, very long time. And it requires for people to be able to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, um, I truly believe that justice, equity, diversity, inclusion is about human conversations. It's about being, it's about human beings to be able to talk to each other with respect to their traumas, with respect to their joys, to with respect to their lived experiences. Because the work of diversity, equity, inclusion, yes, it has its dark sides, 
because of the society that we live in and all the different systems. But there's also a lot of joys. And that's something that we don't portray often, right? Um, that's why I love to also showcase uh, what we call, you know, Black joy, right? Um, and Jedi Kid really helps me with that just because children's books are so amazing. They're colorful. They tell great stories and they can really tackle topics that are really, really, really hard to talk about. And children really just look up to us to know how to behave. So the fact that uh, parents may have issues with, um, you know, a kid in their, uh, in, their, in their children's classroom who decides to be, you know, uh, queer or gender fluid, it's not the kid who's going to have a problem. It's the parent because we're, we're not used to that. We did not grow up like that. We should but read children, more of the children's books. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I think children's books help both. Yes. They help the parents. They're, they're simplified. I've read a exactly. few of them uh, about gender specifically. And I was like, wow, I totally understand now, like about all the different genders. And I was reading and it was so nicely laid out with photos and beautiful pictures and just like, just the simplicity of this person was born this way. Like it was just so simple. And I understood it all. <laughs> I was like, I need to read right? more children books. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly, that's exactly the point. Right. And for each age group, there's a, there's a depth in which you go. There's a vocabulary in which you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like quick anecdote, my daughter, when she was three, yeah, almost three, she came home one day and she was like, mommy, I'm not beautiful. And I was like, what do you mean? You're not beautiful. And she said, oh, well, it's because my best friend at daycare said that my hair is not beautiful. So I'm not beautiful. And I was, her father and I were like, oh, okay. That's okay. That's starting really early. Well, thankfully I'm well equipped in terms of books and we have the same kind of hair, right? So um, we have very curly, uh, curly hair. So I just pulled out a book and I was like, listen, let's read this book. And I just explained to her that we all have different types of hair. And I showed her, hey, you know, your hair can do this, your hair can do that. And you know what? At the end of the day, your hair is magical because yeah. you are magical, right? Oh, um, I, love that. I love that. Because one of my, one of our best friends, Kat, who is the new um, editor-in-chief of Strong Fitness mm-hmm. Magazine, and then PK, her, her husband, they're both our very close friends. Our kids are mixed. And she was saying that it starts super young. Like her little girl um, is in ballet and she's the only, um, she calls her skin brown. And she says, I am the only one with brown skin. And so her mom has, her mom is white. Her dad is black. And um, Kat just buys a bunch of books for her. And, you know, you, you have to start young where I feel like a lot of parents don't know if it's a good thing to start young, but I like, what, what is your feeling on that? Oh, start them young. Yeah, uh, you yeah. won't you won't ruin your kid. You won't transform mm-hmm. them into activists. Mm-hmm. Um, children children don't know all of these. They just you just need to expose them to mm-hmm. differences. Yes, and to not and yourself not react a certain way uh, because that's also very important, right? You can buy all the children's book that you want, but mm-hmm. if when you're gonna see a black man on the street, you're gonna clutch your purse a little tighter. Really subtle things your kid is going to notice. Or if you yeah. see a man with a turban, you have the same reaction or a woman who's wearing a hijab or a burqa and you you have, again, that same reaction, then your kid is going to associate it with, oh, mommy is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. This is bad. Okay, bad thing. 
And then that, that goes from there. This is how unconscious bias yes. and discrimination and racism starts in children. It starts, discrimination starts as young as two years old. Wow. As young as two years old. And it's not that children are racist. It's just that they're imitated what's around them. Yeah. So we need to expose them. We need, and we also need to talk, talk about it. If, it ch- if a child asks a question, it's not about like, oh no, you know, we don't talk about this. It's not good. It's about, okay, yes, that person has brown skin. My, like my skin is maybe beige, white, however you want yep. to call it. Yep. And, you know, the same way, you know, when you look at your box of crayons, it's different colors and they're all beautiful, right? And um, well, right now, Sesame Street is in hot waters. Yes. Uh, because, oh of the, because of the, because I of could the, not the, believe the that. Place. Uh, but that's a different topic for another day. Yes. Uh, yeah. But just, but just to you know, uh, Sesame Place with Incident Happiness Sesame Street are two different entities. They're partners, but they're two different entities. That being said, on Sesame Street uh, workshops, there are a lot of videos on how to talk about racism to kids that are really great, by the way. Um, so, uh, but there's also a lot of different ways of doing it. There's a lot of people that you can follow on Instagram, but the thing is start early and talk about it. Just yeah. keep talking about it. Yeah. And I, I've, I've done that with, with my boys. My boys are, um, mixed as you know, Filipino and white. And, and we have a lot of conversations about skin. You know, I, my, my little boys, like little Jackson's like, I, do I have daddy skin or mommy skin? I go, you have a combo of both. And he's like, why is daddy skin a little darker? And, you know, so we, we have those conversations too. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I have to t- share something because Logan is three. Okay. This is a perfect example of kids are always watching, like even so young. The other day we have um, our, our nanny that comes in three times a week and then she was making coffee and she got some sugar out of the cabinet and she put some sugar in her coffee and he, and he noticed right away. And he says, why are you putting sugar in your coffee? And she says, oh, because I like sugar in my coffee. My mommy never put sugar in her coffee. And I've never said that to him ever once, but he's seen that every day where I just have some cream in my coffee. So they are watching everything. And my husband, I couldn't believe it because he's three and he literally just started speaking well, like a few months ago. And for him (laughs) to say that, you know, so it's just an example of, we, I think we do have to have a lot more open conversations with our children because they are watching us, whether we like it or not. <laughs> and, and, and they are making their own interpretations. That's they are, young they, are the be- mm-hmm. they are the best spies. That's always yes. what I say. They are, no, they literally are the best spies and they will talk about it with their friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter actually gave a mini lesson to her brother about consent, believe wow. it or not. Because, uh, because, you know, I, I try to teach them, right? Like, okay, well, you know, if you want to touch someone, you have to ask permission or, you know, like, uh, you know, especially don't touch, uh, don't, don't touch the butt, don't touch, you know, certain parts because that's theirs. Uh, but if someone doesn't want to hug you, it's okay. Um, and my son, uh, and my son was, uh, I don't know what he was doing or what he was saying. And then I just hear my daughter saying, Sikani. You always have to ask permission before you get in touch with someone. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> oh my god, that is precious. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah. And I, you know, I said a couple of times, but once again, another example. It doesn't matter the topic. Children are always, always listening. So it's mm-hmm. really up to us also to be the the right role model yeah. uh, for them as well. I think, um, and I think you're like this too. But I think our generation, we we do tend to explain the why more. 
Whereas our parents just said, no, that's just because that's just the way it is, you know, and you're wondering, you're guessing why, but I really take time to explain the why. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit of a longer process, (laughs) but I, it's so important. Um, So Julie, where can everyone find you? Um, Where can they interact with you? Where can they learn more? Yes, of course. So um, you can follow my Instagram page. It's uh, Jules, so J-U-L-Z underscore Bindia, B-I-N-D-I-A. My Facebook also, Julie Bindia Severia. And from our organization, so it's called Bindia Severia Consulting. The website is www.bindiasavaria, B-I-N-D-I-A-S-A-V-A-R-I-A.com. And for Jedi Kids, uh, it's just Jedi Kids on Instagram. And uh, the website is www.jedikids.ca. And on there, there's a whole resource list um, in English of books that you can find. And I'm working on the French one. So if there's any francophone listening, I know that you will have also books uh, that are uh, that are dealing uh, that that are dealing on the the topic of diversity, equity, inclusion for children as well. Thank you so much. And I will include these links in the show notes below. And I love to ask this question at the end of every conversation with my amazing guests. What does the word strong mean to you? Uh, so many things, but I think right now for me, strong means being able to look at the different circles, the different systems where people may feel oppressed or discriminated against, but being able to look at it through my own cultural identity and remaining who I am and being able to really bring out that energy to help others, right? Help others and myself as well in the process. So really having that global big picture vision so that I am aware of what's going on in the world that may not be great, but I'm aware as well of what is going on in the world. And that is great Uh, because I believe the universe is listening to us um, in, in some shape or form, call it energy, whatever. So we need to be able to to really embody it at the at the same time. So yeah, strong is uh, definitely an energy right now for me. I love that, Julie. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have you on again because I feel like there's just so much we can, so much more we can talk about. Uh, and this will be coming out in a week, so I cannot wait. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jenny. It was a pleasure. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.